today we're going to talk about one of the most powerful tools that you have to do God's work in this world. As Pastor Chris shared, our series is called Growing Deeper and Getting Stronger. We're talking about some of the things that will help you get stronger in your relationship with God, that will help you go deeper. And we don't mean deeper by more information or becoming a, a, a Bible scholar in that sense. By deeper, we're talking about that I will experience more of what God has for my life. And really, what we're talking about in this series, listen, mark it down, you can write this down. We're talking about spiritual disciplines. That's what we're talking about. Many Christians have called it that, spiritual disciplines. Actions that you can take that, with God's help that will help you get stronger spiritually. So really, it's a decision. It's a choice that you and I have to make this weekend. Will we listen? Will we obey? Will we trust God? But God promises If you will respond to Him, your life will get stronger. And today, this weekend, we're going to talk about the strongest muscle in your body. We're going to talk about your tongue. We're going to talk about our mouth. Because if we want to have a strong relationship with God, we must decide to get serious about how we use this thing called our mouth. So we're going to turn to James chapter 3 because God actually specifically deals with the tongue in James chapter 3. Let's start there in uh, verses 1 through 12 and then we'll look at these verses together. It says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, as teachers, we will incur, incur a stricter or a greater or a stronger judgment. Okay, I'm closing my Bible. I'm done for the night. Amen. You think I want a stronger judgment? I'm not going to teach the rest of this message. It says, don't let many of you want to be teachers because you're going to have a stronger judgment. For we all stumble, we all sin, we all make mistakes in many ways. But if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. He is a mature man. He is a complete man able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put bits into horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a fire is set aflame by such a small fire. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members, as, or the, the parts of our body, as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, as we just did. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. 
The book of James, if you've ever studied before, is a very practical book. And here it deals, it, it talks to us, God speaks to us really about how important it is for us to think about what we say. And that's what we want to start with as we look at verses 1 and 2 of James chapter 3. What we say matters. What we say is a big deal. Some people use their mouth very carelessly. Some people just walk around and say whatever they want. They say whatever they want. They say it whenever they want. And many times when we're like that, we make excuses like this. That's just me. I just speak my mind. I just say whatever. You never, you never have to wonder where you stand with me, right? You ever know anybody like that? And to some extent, maybe that's a good thing. That hopefully that person say, I'm an honest person. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not a pretender. You, you know, what you see is what you get. To some extent, that's a good thing. But in many ways, when somebody says that, hey, that's just me. I just speak my mind. I just say it. I just call them like I see them. Many times, a person saying that is being very foolish and actually just making excuses for being mean. Amen? Many times, we're just saying what we want to say, carelessly or sinfully, making excuses for it. So look at what God's Word says here. God's Word tells us in verse 1 that we are going to give an account to God. Wow. For what comes out of this opening right here. One day, I am going to stand in front of God and give an account for what I said with my mouth. In verse 1, it specifically talks about teachers. The Lord's saying that teachers of other people are held to a higher standard. Why would that be? Why would teachers be held to such a high standard? Especially God's teachers, right? Why would a teacher, tell me, why would a teacher be held to such a high standard? They know better, okay. They're supposed to set an example. They're influencing other people, aren't they? A teacher means that you are teaching, you're giving guidance, you're encouraging people to follow a path. So God says that when we have influence in other people's lives, if you are a teacher, if you are a coach, if you are a trainer, if you are a boss, if you are a leader, if you are a husband or a wife or a parent, if you have influence in other people's lives, we all are going to give an account to God. And to some extent, really, all of us are leaders, aren't we? All of us have other people that are looking up to us and following our example in some way. Now, this is not to say, because some of us would just say this, well, I ain't going to be a teacher. Amen? I mean, that's what I said. I'll just sit down. That when Pastor Robbie don't want, to, don't want higher accountability for this night, so I'm just going to sit down. That's not what this is saying. It is a great blessing to be a teacher. Amen? It, it, sure, it's a great responsibility. We need to remember that. But it's a great blessing to influence other people, especially to influence other people to follow God and to give their life to Him. It's also not saying that teachers or leaders' words are the only ones that are going to be judged. It's just a reminder about how our words influence highly other people and taking that seriously. So part of it is really impact, isn't it? That's why our words are so important. That's why they matter, because they impact other people. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But write this down. Your words reveal what is in your heart. It's not talked about as much in these verses but over in Matthew chapter 12, verses uh, 34, verse, the end of verse 34 through verse 37, 
Jesus addresses this very clearly. Listen to what he says. It says, for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. The evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless or every useless, every half-hearted, not thought-through word that people speak, they will give an accounting for in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Wow! That makes me want to leave. Like I said, I'm going to sit down. I don't want to influence anybody else's life because I might take a chance to do what? I might take a chance to influence someone in a bad way. You might say, I'm, I'm going to be nervous about talking the rest of the night. I'm going to leave this service. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Well, some of us, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Amen? But, but I'm not looking at anybody. Okay, I'm not looking at you. But God says that every idle word, every careless, every not thought out word that we speak we're going to give an account for. And really what he's talking about is that if you have junk that is coming out of that opening, that probably means that there's some junk that's deep down inside of there. Amen? That's really what Jesus is talking about, friends. It's not so much we tend to focus on external things. Oh, watch what I say. Oh, don't say that around them. Oh, better not say that with Pastor Robbie because he just preached this message, right? We, we worry about external things, but Jesus says it's not. That's just an indicator. That is an indicator of something that really I ought to be more concerned about is my words reveal the things that are happening. Sometimes we don't even realize it, don't we? What is going on inside in my heart. Third thing is the Bible tells us your mouth shows how strong you are. I think this is very interesting. In chapter 3, verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many ways. Amen? We all sin in lots of ways. Let's make a list. I think I have about 37 and growing. Amen? I'm just kidding. I hadn't made a list because I like to avoid it. But anyway... We all stumble in many ways, but listen, what the Bible says, if anybody does not stumble in what he speaks, he is a perfect man. Now, that, that's probably maybe not the best translation, because perfect sounds like you always get everything right. That's not what it's talking about. This word means complete. It means something that is acting as it's supposed to. So someone who has the ability To control my language has learned how to be the person I'm supposed to be. I have the ability, the Bible says, to some extent, if I can control my mouth. How many of us would say, I have trouble controlling myself? I have trouble controlling my eyes? I have trouble controlling where I go? I have trouble controlling my thoughts? I have trouble controlling what I say, how I feel? There's lots of things that we struggle with, right? And we wish we had more control over. I wish I didn't do that, whatever it might be. Isn't it revealing to understand that the Bible says if you could pick one thing to work on, if you said, I am going to, with all my heart, ask God to teach me how to watch my mouth. If 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 you right now said... That is a discipline that I'm going to ask God to begin teaching me. That would be a great choice towards really your whole life getting a lot better. 
Isn't that incredible? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm looking for keys, amen? I'm looking for secrets. I need some, I need some quick because I've messed up a lot, amen? And it's like every day I'm still living and I'm still messing up things. The Bible's giving us a key to life here. I came to church and I'm grabbing hold of something. If I watch my mouth, it will help me to get stronger across the board. But why is that? Why is it that our mouth is like that? And why is it that learning to control our mouth makes such a difference? Well, that's talked about in verses 3 through 8. It's because our tongue is small, but it is very powerful. In fact, he gives several analogies in these verses. Isn't it cool how God in his word gives pictures? He gives us, he gives us illustrations. He's trying to help all of us because he knows that all of us relate to different things. I think it's pretty interesting that he gives lots of illustrations. It sounds to me like God's really hoping you get this one. Amen? He's really hoping that something grabs hold and sticks here. He talks about a horse. He talks about putting a bit in a horse's mouth. A horse... Some of you love horses. Pastor Robbie, I want motocross. I want a dirt bike. Amen? Because I've told you I have control issues. I do not trust animals that think for me. Amen? I do the gas. I do the brakes. My daughter Lindsay, many of you love horses. A thousand pounds or more massive creature with major power. How do we gauge the power of an engine? Through horse power. Man, this, 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 this car, man, it's got some major horse power. A horse is a massive, bulging creation of God. Muscular, veins popping out. And you put this little stick in his mouth? Are you kidding me? You put a little stick in his mouth... And that creature can be taught what to do. That's incredible to me. I still I don't trust the stick. That's my problem, okay? <laughs> a ship and its rudder. You picture, uh, in fact, I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about uh, when I was a, a teenager. My cousin and I were out fishing one time. He's in the back of the boat. Again, I've got control issues. This is probably where it started because I let him be in charge of the motor, all right? But he was in the back, we're going along, and all of a sudden, my cousin, it was one of those engines that, that, had the, that has the tiller handle. Okay, so we're going along, and all of a sudden, he slips. Okay, he just slipped a little bit, and somehow, that engine got just like cocked over in this position. And I am not kidding you. Just a constant donut <laughs> position in the middle of the lake. Just, just a little small part of that boat can have a major impact on a larger vessel. Other things that he talks about in these verses that can be small, but can have a great impact. A forest fire. A forest fire just starts with a little spark, with a little fire, but it can devastate thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres. It says, in fact, our tongue is a fire. It is set on fire actually by hell. That is strong language, isn't it? Imagine your little three-inch long tongue being an instrument of the enemy. Isn't that incredible? Are you serious? The difference between you pressing on and having hope in life, are you giving up, is because I opened my mouth 
my three inch or so piece of muscle moved around, that made the difference in you pressing on or you giving up. Isn't that incredible? What power, like a fire. He talked about taming wild animals. They can be big, they can be small. He said most animals, as human beings, we've been given the power to be brought under some kind of control. But he says not the tongue. The tongue has not been brought under control by human beings. In fact, he's alluding to the fact there that who brings the tongue under control? It's only God, amen? You should not leave here from this service saying, I've got to watch what I say. I've got to watch my mouth. I've got to do better. No, we've got to give God control of all of our life, starting with our mouth. He talks about it like playing with poison. He says, our tongue is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Wow. Poison doesn't have to be much, does it? Just a little bit of poison will kill a guy, right? <laughs> Drew and I were watching a thing. Was it today? I think Drew and I were watching a thing on TV about this guy was messing around with a black mamba. What was he thinking? And the black mamba got out and it, it slapped him on the hand. That guy just about died. He barely got out of the hospital. Just took a little injection of poison from that black mamba. And this guy almost died. The Bible says our tongue is like that. Just like a black mamba that is ready to strike you and inject poison into you. Our tongue can do that. Have you ever considered how small how powerful your tongue is. Many of us have heard of the idea, we've heard historically, you've maybe heard the statement, the pen is mightier than the sword. You ever heard that statement? Or, or sometimes it's been stated, the tongue is mightier than the sword. That's true, isn't it? The sword represents military might. The sword can impose great impact. But listen to this, the tongue, it can have an impact that can make the sword move. Isn't that true? The tongue has the ability to make that sword do its work, to have people pick it up. It's kind of interesting that the Bible says that the Word of God is more powerful than any two-edged or of the sharpest swords, Hebrew chapter 4, verse 12. That's a positive thing. The Bible says that God's Word is able to pierce down into the depths of your heart isn't that incredible? You can be sitting here right now and God can just peel back all your layers that you put up in front of us. God can peel that back just like an onion right through the, the tough layers even of your heart. Places that you've never let anybody else go and you can just sit here and feel like your whole life is just right here in the spotlight. Amen? The Bible has the power to do what the sword can't, the, the, the Word of God. That's a positive but in a negative way, our words have the power to have great impact. There are some of you right now who can think of words spoken to you decades ago that still hurt very, very badly. Those words, for good or for bad, can have great impact. So we need to watch our mouth. Because God says it matters what we say. And, that, and this little tongue that we're using, think about that. Just a few inches long has the power to bless or to destroy. So he tells us in verses 9 through 12, so be careful how you use that. Look at verse 9, it says, With this little instrument, 
We bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in His likeness. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be this way. I remember as a teenager reading the book of James. That statement just burned in my heart. It shouldn't be like that. That's what God's saying. It shouldn't be like that. That that should bother us. He says, "Does does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brothers, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can, a salt, can salt water produce fresh? Okay, I've got three pitchers of water up here. Okay, all three of these pitchers of water are perfectly good water that you can drink. Okay, I'm just going to prove it here. This is a drink of water. Nothing wrong with that water. But what if I took a little vinegar, poured some vinegar in this one, Anybody thirsty? You there? Come on up. But no, you don't want any. You don't want any of that water, do you? What if I took some gas? Who wants some of that water? Anybody want any? Can I think about it for just a moment? That water's fine. That water is not fine. It would be bitter, irritating, whatever. That water's toxic. That water could kill a guy, right? Okay, now, is there any... Well, maybe if I just had like a portion of a sip of this. Is there? If it's bad, it's bad, right? By the way, that's apple juice, okay? (laughs) Although I'm scared now, I haven't put it in there, okay? (laughs) Listen, it's either good or it's not, right? Okay, what God is trying to say to us is, if bad stuff is coming out of us, That's revealing of bad things being inside of us. And the more the bad stuff comes out, if we claim to be a follower of His, that's really what He's trying to get to. If we claim to be a follower of His, there shouldn't be so much bad stuff coming out, right? I'm going to talk about some of those bitter things that come out of us. Some of those toxic things that God wants to deal with. First of all, cursing. This would probably be the one that you anticipate us talking about. I think most of us realize that cursing is not honoring to God, right? Why is that? Have you ever thought about that? Why is it that we're not supposed to curse? Because there are some words that our society even, not even Christians, there are some words that our society has said are inappropriate. There are some words that are not decent to express. Certainly, if society... I mean, if you just look at it, it's just letters, right? It's just letters. Whatever that word is, it's just letters. In another country, in another world, it could represent something that's not cursing. In our society, those, that combination of letters has been identified as not appropriate, not decent to come out. Okay, if the world around us says that's not a good thing to say, then certainly the followers of Christ ought to say what? 
I'm, I, I want to go farther. I want to go better. I want to go out not because we're trying to look better than other people. But I want to show the difference that Christ makes. So if the world says there's some things that nobody should really say, and certainly the followers of Jesus should not say them, amen? And by the way, I want us to think about cursing on a deeper level, and I hope this helps you. Because there's been times in my life where I struggle with my language, but God, God cured that. God healed me of that. God changed that. Let me tell you why. Because I began to think about what is cursing? What, if you think about what is it revealing about my heart? Cursing is many times an act of rebellion. I'm just trying to show that I'm a big dude, right? Everybody else is talking like, you know, regular people, but I'm using the big boy language. Okay, so it's an act of rebellion. Or it's a sign of total disgust. Think about that. I hate this situation. That's what you're saying when you're cursing. I am disgusted by this situation. We even need to be careful about saying hate and disgusted. Because what are we revealing? Now, I'm not saying being perfect. I'm not talking about... I'm not, I, what I'm talking about is what is my heart? If my heart is I hate this situation, I'm disgusted by life. It's not so much the words that are coming out of my, my, my mouth, but it's more what is that saying about where I'm at in life? Amen? So it's an act of rebellion, it's disgust, and it's a problem with control. I want you to think about this because I think this one is very important, especially for men. Either we are trying to have too much control and we're trying to get it with our words. Don't you hear people sometimes? They try to one-up everybody. I'm going to either yell or I'm going to give you some strong language because I want you to know, I mean business. First of all, as a parent, if you do that, why don't you just mean business without saying those mean words? Just mean it. Just mean it. They don't have to say those mean words, right? Okay? So many times, actually, when I hear somebody cursing so much, to me, I had a football coach. I mean, he would get in your face, and he would just, like, chew you up and spit you out. The only way, and it just made him matter, the only way, I wasn't meaning to be disrespectful, the only way I could deal with it is to smile. Because, I mean, I had two choices. I could either punch him or I could smile. And that just made him matter. But you know, you know what I thought about him? You are out of control. Why is it that you feel like you have to use that language with me to get me to change my behavior? Just be a person that I respect and I will listen to you without your yelling. Amen? It's helpful for me to see that. I don't want to be out of control. I don't want to be controlling. So why do I need to use that language? I don't think we want to be saying any of that, do we? That I'm rebelling, that I'm disgusted, or that, I'm, that I've got control issues. Okay, the next one's lying. I think all of us would say that lying is wrong. But we still do it, don't we? We still lie. Friend, I'm just trying to help us to see it on what I think is the level that the Lord wants us to understand, the principles behind it. Why is lying wrong? Because God is a God of truth. In fact, many of the negative commandments, turn them around and learn the positive principle. Do not lie means be what? Truth tellers. Why should we be truth tellers? Because God is a God of truth. Truth is good. Truth, is, truth can be brought out. Truth can be dealt with. Truth can have relationship. Lying brings all kinds of issues. And 
listen, think about it like this. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 44, that the devil is the father of lying. Okay, so, so just think of it this way. I'm not saying you're the devil if you told a lie today. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, but what I'm saying is this. When I am tempted to tell something that's not true, that's a euphemism for what? Lying. When I am tempted to lie, I want to think to myself, am I closer to God's path or am I closer to the enemy's path? I don't want to go over there, amen? I don't like the enemy. He used to be in control of my life. I used to do what he, say, what he says. So even if sometimes it makes total sense to me to misrepresent the truth because it just seems right, that's going towards his way, and I don't like him or his way. Amen? How about insults? We use our tongue to tear down other people. The other day I was at a soccer game for one of my kids. This coach on the other team, I mean, he was like my football coach. Just in your face. just He kept yelling across the field, so-and-so, I'll just make up a name, Thomas, you're clueless. Thomas, you're clueless. I just want to yell, Coach, you're clueless. Amen? <laughs> Chill out, big fella. What is wrong with you? Why would you be insulting that kid in front of everybody? If he's not doing something right, teaching is good, amen? Giving guidance is good. Breaking people down. Listen, I've never believed that break people down to build them up is a good approach. That is not what I see in God's Word. God is not trying to hammer you. He's not trying to make it hard on you and, and to toughen you up in that way. But some people take that approach, break them down and build them up, beat them down to build them up. No, it's good to have teaching. It's good to give instruction. It's good to provide help, but it's not good to insult people. It is not right to personally attack other people. That's not right. Let's talk about some others that might be more subtle, maybe not as obvious to us, but in some ways maybe more hurtful because they are more subtle. Gossip. Sharing information about another person's life when I don't have business discussing their life. I want to give you two things to think about, all right? Best interest and need to know. Okay? When you're tempted to speak about someone else's situation, ask yourself, is this in the best interest of the person I'm speaking about? Is this in the best interest of everyone involved? Okay? Second thing is need to know. Does this person need to know this information? Sometimes the answer is yes, right? That's not gossip. That could be another category, okay? Of critical communication. But is this critical communication? Or is this just me having fun? Talking about somebody else's life. Manipulation. Some of us have the ability to move things towards our direction and our favor with our tongue. We need to be very careful about that. Okay, the next one I'm going to camp out on a little bit, all right? Backhanded compliments. Now, the reason I want to camp out on this one is because I think most of us realize, maybe we need them to be kind of addressed tonight, but we've talked about some of the big ones. Most of us realize those things are wrong, but there's some things that we do 
Here's what I think we do. We creatively come up, listen to me. We creatively come up with ways to feed our flesh and still look good. Did you hear me? As Christians, we know that we're not supposed to lie. We know we're not supposed to, uh, whatever, curse or things like that. Still struggle with those things, but we say those things we're not supposed to. We come up with some creative ways to kind of keep our fuel, to sort of fuel that internal desire to look better than other people or to make other people somehow less than us. I'm going to be honest with you. I see this in Christian. I've seen very little of it at New Hope, a little bit. But I see it in Christians all over the country. Everywhere I go, Christians love to do this in the next one. Let me give you some examples. You have such a pretty face. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you're fat. I really liked your website. Some of the information was kind of unnecessary, but most of it was great. What school are you attending? Oh, that's a really great school, especially for a state school. You're pretty athletic. Usually smaller guys can't jump that well. Some people might not like your humor, but I think you're hilarious. Your artwork is actually very good. When people say those things to you, I always come away wondering, was that good? It sounded good, but it didn't feel good. Amen? read about a guy this week, a blogger. He said this. He says, if you struggle with doing things like that, he said to think about it like dinner. Now listen, you've got such a pretty face. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you're fat. That's like saying your cooking is great. Don't let anybody ever tell you it's gross. Would you ever say that? Your cooking is great. Don't let anybody ever tell you that it's gross. Would you say that? Who would say that? That's rude, isn't it? I really liked your website. Some of the information was kind of unnecessary, but most of it was great. I really enjoyed the meal. Didn't care for the green beans and the sweet potatoes, but the other was awesome. Would you say that? What school are you attending? Oh, that's a really great school, especially for a state school. That cake was delicious, especially for something that came out of a box. Thanks. You're pretty athletic. Usually smaller guys can't jump that well. The food was pretty good for somebody who didn't grow up cooking a lot. Would you say that? Some people might not like your humor, but I think you're hilarious. Some people had told me your cooking wasn't that great, but I thought it was pretty good. Again, what? What knucklehead? would say those things at dinner. Friends, listen. Christians, let's let's truly honor God. Amen? Let's don't self-righteously justify ourselves with the stuff. Well, I don't do what all the bad people do. But I sure am mean to people in creative, cute, big smile on my face ways. Similar to that, it's Christian jokes and sayings. There are many 
mean and unprofitable things that Christians say to one another that I believe God wants us to stop. Again, I see Christians all that, and again, thank God, I have not seen this hardly at all here at New Hope. A little bit, but hardly at all. But in many churches that I'm in across the country, I see Christians cutting each other, jabbing at each other with their words. Saying those little things. And I don't even want to say the jokes because I don't want to give it to you. Amen? I I have a few in my mind, and I was going to say one to give you an example, but I don't want to teach you. If you don't know them, I don't want to teach you. Can I just say this? Just ask yourself, is this helping my brother in the kingdom? If it's not helping my brother or my sister in God's kingdom, then then maybe it doesn't need to come out. In fact, Ephesians 4 verse 29 is a great verse. It says, let no unwholesome word. Actually, literally the word means rotten. Let no rotten word. Typically, Christians say that the Bible says we shouldn't curse. It's actually a higher standard than that. Cursing Those words are rotten words that we shouldn't use, but actually there's more than just cursing that's not worth coming out, right? It says, don't let anything that's rotten proceed from your mouth. See the visual there? It's wanting to come, okay? It's coming out, but I'm not going to let it by God's grace and power, amen? Because that is not worth letting go. But only such a word as is good for edification. That word means building. It's like building a house. Okay, listen, because many times, and most of what we talked about so far has been the negative aspect. Many times God deals with that negative aspect because we need to realize some things that we're doing that are wrong. But God doesn't just want to say, don't do the negative. Listen, you have the power with your words to build lives. Isn't that incredible? I have the power to make people stronger, to help people get healthier, for people to... Listen, is it possible, please God, that you walked into this room not having a relationship with God like two people did last week, but before they left this room, they had given their life to Jesus Christ just because we said some words. That's... I love my Toyota high leg kick off the stage. Amen? Amen? Just because we opened our mouth in hopefully good and godly ways, people are going to heaven. Wow. He says, but only let, let it come out. Listen, here's the test. For edification, is this a building tool? And sometimes it's a building tool, but it's not the right time. According to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. The Bible says not only don't say some bad things, not just don't curse, not just, not just don't use your mouth in negative ways, but consider the grace that you can impart. So let's think of some good ways. Write these down. Building up others. Words of affirmation. The Bible tells us to build up one another, and we can do that with our words. What an opportunity. The other day, we had a, a cleanup day here at church. Uh, some of the guys got together. We were basically getting gravel out of the... the, the the grass from the plowing this winter. And so I brought my little boy Drew with me, and he's shoveling and he's raking, and so we're having a good time. Several other little kids were around. Well, well, towards the end of that, one of the guys walked over, and it was awesome. 
It was like this exactly. He walked over to Drew. He said, Drew, great job. He said, you did a man's work today. He said, you worked hard and I'm proud of you. And he shook his hand. I was like, here I go again. I let my Toyota high leg kick. I mean, it was like, that's it. That's it. That's what we ought to be doing. Walking around, raking gravel, looking for somebody just to give a little bit more wind in their sails. Amen? Amen. Building up one another. You can do that with that little two or three inch tongue of yours. Now, the building up, somebody might say, well, does that mean we never say anything negative? No, it doesn't. There is room for correction. There is room for challenge, but I would just say be very prayerful, very careful about that one. Second one is God-honoring daily conversations. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Let your whole life, even what you say, be honoring to God. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, God. Now listen, here again, somebody says, oh, what does this mean? We're supposed to go around and talk King James all day? I mean, if I'm a Christian, it's got to be, oh, thou, you know, oh, God bless you, brother. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just, just rejoicing. You know, I don't even use the word rejoice, you know, right? I mean, use your words. Use regular words, but use words that honor God. Amen. Many Christians take these things to mean that we're supposed to have some holy language. No, it's just saying... As you walk throughout your day, speak in a way that you wouldn't be ashamed that God heard it. Number three is worshiping God. You can use your tongue to bring praise to Almighty God. Psalm 28 verse 2 says, I can use my voice to cry out to God in prayer. By the way, do you? Do you use your tongue to pray? Maybe God's speaking to you in a proactive way to use it more for that. Psalm 109 verse 30 says, I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord with my mouth. Do you? Do you thank God out loud? Do you use your mouth? Do you pray? Do you sing? Do you tell other people how God's working in your life? Do you give Him praise? It could even be writing. Confessing sin, Romans 10 verse 10, says that we use our mouth to admit our sin to God. Do you do that? Do you use your mouth to acknowledge to God, God, there's something in my life that I acknowledge with my mouth is not good? <clears throat> we use our mouth to share God's word with other people. Psalm 119 verse 13 says that I have told of all the law that God has spoken with my mouth. Romans 10 verse 14 says, how are people going to hear unless somebody tells them? can use our mouth to teach, to preach, to sing, to help other people understand God's Word. We can use our mouth daily to have conversations about God with other people at work or in our family or to talk about what God's doing in our life or to, to ask about what God's doing in their life or to help them understand God better. There's a multitude of ways that you can use your mouth to build the kingdom of God, to strengthen other people. Friends, what we're talking about is whatever comes out of this opening, it's an indicator. That's really what we're talking about. It's an indicator. It's an indicator of whether God is really in there. If I've given my life to Jesus Christ, 
if he is in there, it can be an indicator that I'm not really giving him full control of my life. Many of us would take a message like this and say, in case you've got to be perfect around here, in case you've got to watch what you say when you're drinking coffee, because if I say an idle word, I'm going to have to give an account of the judgment of God one day. Well, if we say half-hearted, unthoughtful words, no matter where it is, it's not talking about being perfect. It's just saying, God, I give you my mouth because it represents me so much to other people. And I represent you. And so it matters to me how I'm using it. Amen? If there is not good communication coming out of your mouth, why don't you say, first of all, God, I recognize that. And I don't like it anymore. And I want it to change. And then begin to do some work. Just say, God, would you show me why? What situations do I tend to curse? What situations do I, am I tempted to lie? When, what situations am I in that I tend to kind of talk about other people freely? Whatever that might be. Am I one of those Christians that I don't do all those bad things, but I sure know how to give a quick cut and smile about it? Love you, brother. God's just saying, no, that's not, that's not honoring to me. Maybe God would have you to say, you know what, I'm trying not to do those things with God's help, but I haven't been proactively looking for positive ways to pour into other people's lives with my mouth. So that's what God's speaking to me about, is I want to think of, I want to be that person standing there raking gravel and thinking, I bet I could be a blessing to this little boy right now. That an older fellow would pour into his life and say he's a man. And just see that little boy grow about three inches. Would you pray with me? Father, there's no way around it. My mouth is used so much. <clears throat> there is certainly many times, even just this day, that it hasn't been pleasing to you in some way. So to some extent, this is a standard that's too high for me. That's why I'm grateful that Jesus died for my sin. Thank you that though we could never get it perfect, that you did for us. It causes us to admire you even more. You never said anything that was not right to say. That is incredible. And I want to be more like you, Jesus. Pray for your children all across this room that that's the desire of our heart. Whether it's to stop something negative or to start doing something more positive. Lord, if there's somebody here right now that has never given their life to you, I pray that this would not be guilt and condemnation, but it would be revealing. Revealing that I am a sinner. There's no way around it. I can't justify myself. I'm 
life for me. And I pray that that person would use that mouth that has done so much wrong and they would do something very bright and wonderful. They would say, dear Jesus, I receive your gift. I ask you to come into my life and to be my Savior. I want to be born again. I want my life to be changed. I want to be different. No, I'll never get it perfect, but I want to more and more honor you with my life. Father, help us get control of this time. So that we can do so much more good for you in this world. We pray in Jesus' precious name.